Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. We're recording this interview during the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. I'm joined by Kirk Smith, the Executive Director of ICHE. Kirk, the theme for this year's conference, Overflowing with Hope from Romans 15:13. Why'd you pick that verse? Well, that verse is picked because right now so many people feel hopeless, both in the church and outside of the church and in the public education field. Uh, there's a lot of hopelessness right now, Monty. People are looking for a reason to invest in their kids to, with something more than what we're seeing uh, in the public school system right now, and they're desperate for some direction. So much indoctrination going on in our government schools, and the kids aren't learning math, science, and they don't know how to read. Yes, uh, and this is a great motivation for many people. Many parents are now starting to homeschool because the agendas are just obvious now. You know, I try to be open-minded, Monty. Uh, I was a public school teacher. My wife was as well. And so I try to really be sensitive. I realize there are some folks there who are missionaries in this uh, pagan field now. But, you know, when you say about training up a child in the way that he should go, when parents, Christian parents, intentionally send their kids to these indoctrination centers that we all know about, this is not, this is not under the rock someplace, this is out in the, the open now. I don't know if people can stand on the principle of training up a child if they give their kids away eight hours of the day to an institution that is producing and promoting so much ungodliness right now. Well, we saw substantial growth in home education during the COVID pandemic. Post-COVID, is that growth continuing. Well, there was a pullback the year after. Some of them went back to public school, but we're seeing another uptick again because, like I said, the kids are not learning math. Monty, as you mentioned, uh, they're not learning the basic, uh, the three R's. They're learning all these indoctrination issues, all of these ideologies that are just not just unbiblical, they're anti-biblical. There's a big difference there. You know, it's one thing to lack reverence, but it's another thing to be irreverent. And that's where our school system has gotten. Now, it is just blatantly anti-God. And parents are saying, enough's enough. They're opposing Christianity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, this is a no holds bar. This is, we got an agenda and we want to shove our agenda down young people's throats. You know, and again, a good friend of ours, Mary Miller, who was a representative, you know, she had talked about how Hitler said uh, he wanted to get the youth and she was crucified for that in the press. Hitler understood getting these young minds at a young age and to get them on a certain trajectory. And when we're teaching kids as young as kindergartens about transgenderism and all these things, it's just perverse. There's no other way to say it. Kids don't even have a concept of that. And yet here we are teaching these kids at such a young age. But are more Christian parents, and grandparents for that matter, finally deciding that they have to be more involved in the discipleship of their children and grandchildren? Yes, I think they are definitely increasing with that money, not to the level that I want people to see. I like to see, you know, 99.9% of Christian parents discipling their kids at home, but there's definitely a, is an increase because, again, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And I think there are some parents, you know, kind of maybe coming late to the party, but nevertheless, they're still coming. They're seeing it now. This is so obvious. 
they cannot put their head in the sand anymore just to avoid it. Let me ask you this, and we've talked about this in the past, but let's do a little refresher course here. What can churches do to become involved in home education? Yeah, and this is really a tough one for a lot of pastors, Monty. I was a pastor for 25 years. You have educators in your churches. You have homeschoolers as well. And so it's kind of a, a tightrope to walk. We had a principal in my hometown who stepped aside because he got tired of all the junk. He was only like 45 or 50. And so we're seeing more and more people are saying we've got to do something. And for churches, number one, to have facilities. A lot of folks say, yes, we're for the homeschoolers, but they don't supply a building for them to use. So they could have a building that people could use. Uh, pastors, I would encourage pastors to talk about home discipleship. You don't even have to use the word homeschooling. I mean, our dads have got to be involved. Parents have got to be involved. Whether they bring their kids home or have them at public school, the parents have got to be involved in the process. And so the pulpits in America, uh, I try to be sensitive, Monty, but I got to tell you, you know, my name Kirk means church in the old English. That's my passion. This is a time for us to rise to the top. This is a time for the church to be the church. And yet so many are running away from the battle rather than running to it, or they're embracing the enemy. And so if the church does not rise up, we're in bad straits here in America. What do you say to churches that are even reluctant to host a co-op, a homeschooled co-op? What's your message to them? Get a backbone. (laughs) (laughs) Repent. We're going to keep on growing, but we have to understand that home education is the biblical normative. There's no way around that, Monty. When God talks about in Deuteronomy 6, we talk about God when we wake up, when we go down, when we sit throughout the day, when we walk throughout the day. The context of that is being with our kids, especially in those early morning hours and those afternoon hours as well. For most folks who send their kids to public school, I don't know how else to say this kindly, Monty, But if our kids wake up in the morning and then we rush them off to school, they get home at night, homework to do, supper, cleaning up, get back to bed, there's not much quality time to offset eight hours of indoctrination. And that is just common sense, but yet people want to convince themselves that that's not the issue, but it really is. And they're getting indoctrinated through their phones, social media, all that, and through television. Absolutely. We want comfort and convenience above all else. And I'm afraid that's going to be a doorway that's going to bite us one of these days. Now, you mentioned that homeschooling needs more involvement from dads, okay? Dad's off to work. Mom works, too. How do you make that work? Well, that is a challenge, but I got good news. It's happening. I was at a conference last week in North Carolina, and the speaker shared 20 years ago, he was in St. Louis, and he asked how many young men remember their dads reading the Bible to them. He said out of a room about 500, maybe a half dozen hands went up. And at this conference, there was about probably 1,200. And he asked the same question again 20 years later, and hundreds of hands went up around the auditorium. The point is, it's happening. Dads are getting more and more involved. But it comes down to this, what's our priorities? You know, Monty, I'm 60, and I know we talk, we joke about our age sometimes. You're a youngster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All that we're leaving behind is our kids. That's it. What we did with Christ and for Christ. And the older I get, I realize my kids will carry on what legacy I leave them. And so that's a really a challenge because most dads, most men want to do something that matters. And to me, I've pastored for 25 years, been a part of ICHE for a decade. 
but the most important legacy we can leave is through our kids. The Bible says that wisdom is justified by her children in the book of Luke. For me, how I apply that verse is my wisdom will be seen in my grandkids' life. My grandkids will be raised by their true motivations and values of my own kids. And so when I homeschool now, when I teach my kids at home, I am vicariously home educating my grandkids as well. Well, there'll be some people out there uh, listening to this who are thinking about home education, or maybe they're involved in it now. How can ICHE help these folks? Well, we have so many resources on our website at www.ishe.org. I do videos uh, several times a month. I write articles as well. And I want your audience to know, Monty, it's these basic things that our kids need to know being punctual, being honest, working hard. If your kids will do this, they cannot help but succeed in today's economy. Employers are desperate for great kids. And so this is a great time for our kids to rise to the top. And so I tell parents, you can do this. I taught school. And I think some people think that we're taught this secret handshake in the college arena to teach school, and we don't. All we do, we learn a few ideas, I didn't learn how to teach until I taught. I had never filled out a grade book until I had a grade book given to me my first day of class. I had no idea how to fill it out. And I was a teacher, four years at a good college. So the point is you get a curriculum and you go through it. And that's what you do in the homeschool community as well. Parents, you can do this. Parents, you need to do this for the sake of not just your kids, but the exponential effect in your grandkids' lives. This is good for the whole family, right? This is good for our churches, but this is good for America. Oh, absolutely, because homeschoolers tend to be very involved in the political process, as they should, and it creates a vision. This is the thing about homeschooling. It's not about just the three R's. It is about teaching our kids how to think and, Lord willing, how to think biblically. And when a nation is a nation of righteousness, they flourish. But as we see nowadays, if we have evil, we destroy ourselves. Let me ask you this. When employers look at a homeschool graduate's resume and on there it says, oh, you didn't go to this elementary school, this government school, you were homeschooled, is that a plus or a minus to an employer? Well, you're probably asking the wrong person for that one, Monty. <laughs> I'm pretty biased. Here's what I have talked to numerous CEOs over the years, and without exception, Without exception, Mon, here's what they've told me. They said, Kirk, we can train for the skill. We cannot train for the character. If they don't have character by the time they come to us, they're of no use to us. But if they have character, if they're honest, if they're hardworking, if they're punctual, for some, if they have a driver's license and they can drive a car, they're going to hire them. This is a chance for homeschoolers to rise to the top because we want to base what we do on characters. And the same thing with Monty's also with colleges. Colleges are actively recruiting now homeschoolers. It's just a great season of life to be homeschooling here in Illinois. All right. I want to talk about homeschooling in Illinois, potential threats against it. We'll do that after we take a time out. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Kirk Smith, the director of Illinois Christian Home Educators, right after this.
With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. It pays to pay attention. Earlier this month, Michigan 7th grader Dylan Reeves saved the lives of 60 students when he drove their school bus to safety. When the driver of the bus lost consciousness, most of the other students didn't even notice because they were on their phones. But Dylan doesn't have a phone. So he did notice when the bus started to drift and jumped into action. The pressure to get smartphones for kids and let them access social media apps is incredible today. About three in four American youth own smartphones by the age of 12, and 84% of teens 13 to 18 use social media. In fact, today's teens average about nine hours a day on screens. The dangers of digital distractions are well documented. Body image issues, sleep deprivation, porn addictions, even suicidality. And in the case of the Michigan school bus, kids would have lost their lives if Dylan had been distracted. To quote Dylan's dad, let's hope that his son's heroics will serve as a change the world kind of lesson. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. And I'm joined by Kirk Smith, the Executive Director of ICHE. What's the website again? www.iche.org. We also have a Facebook of Illinois Christian Home Educators and Instagram as well. And the work of ICHE goes beyond just this conference, right? Absolutely. We have uh, activities all throughout the years. We have marriage retreats. Uh, we help participate in a father-son retreat. We do uh, mother-daughter's tea, mother-daughter's weekend as well. We are active, of course, in Springfield. Our cherry pie day we just got through with a few weeks ago, had a great response for it. We invited several hundred people down to our home in Southern Illinois in God's country uh, <laughs> for a soil family day as well. Uh, young adult, we have a young adult outing as well in Carroll Stream every year. So there's several things almost every month to get people together. What is Cherry Pie Day? I know, but how do lawmakers respond to that? Cherry Pie Day is ICHE's efforts to have a good relationship with our legislators down in Springfield. And Monty, as you will know, with all that's wrong with Springfield, we are one of the best states, if not the best state, to homeschool in. Uh, the legislators are very good to respect our right, our freedom to homeschool. It's our liberties. So we just try to have good relationships by taking cherry pies to all the staff, to the legislators. One of our board members gave one to our governor uh, this year as well and said, thank you for leaving us alone. And so that's what Cherry Pie Day is, is a way just to be connected with Springfield, that they know if something goes on with homeschooling, homeschoolers will be there in mass in our big maxi vans with our 25 kids per family. But you got to think, with so many parents now electing to either send their kids to a private school, maybe a Christian school, or homeschooling, to teachers' unions, one of these days are going to say, wait a second, we need to get more control over this. What are you doing to fight against what I think will be the pushback? And I think that's a prophetic insight, Monty. Seattle already has laid off some teachers because so many parents have pulled their kids out out in the state of Washington. And so we have to understand when it comes down not to what's best for the students, when it comes down to money, that's when the NEA will raise its head. The battle will be there, but already we're talking about this. We're trying to get things in place. And when that battle comes, we can contact our people, to contact their legislators, to be very involved in the process. But again, we cannot be deceived that battle is on the horizon maybe five years away maybe ten years away but it will come at some point uh, I think it's going to be sooner than that it might very well be and I hope I'm wrong yes well your kids got through 
the government schools this academic year. You want to get into homeschooling. Now is the time to start getting the wheels rolling, right? Absolutely. You can go to our website again at ishe.org, and we have forms there that you can send to your principals or your superintendent. Say you're going to withdraw your child. You don't have to say to homeschool. You can say to a private school because there is no homeschool in legislated in the law in Illinois. It's, we are a private school, just like there's parochial schools, there's charter schools. Every different home is a private school. And so you, there's a form you can fill out and send to your uh, principal, superintendent, and that you're wishing to teach your kids an alternative method this year. And that's basically what, all you need to do. Do not register with the state. You'll be encouraged to. Uh, you need to sign, go to this website. They'll tell you, do not register with the state. You can. It's voluntary. You do not have to. We encourage you not to do that. Why do you encourage them not to do that? Because whenever the camel gets its nose in the tent, money, the whole camel is going to come in at some point. And so we want to keep government intrusion as far out as possible. And if we register, that's just another avenue for the uh, government to feel like they can press in and more and more in our educative process. Well, the state government or federal government, for that matter, require you to teach any type of curriculum or meet any kind of academic standards. Uh, how's that work? Yeah, there's no one set curriculum. We do have to teach just the basic uh, branches of education, health, math, social studies, science, just the basic things that we do normally every day. When it comes to health, that could be tricky because they want to teach <laughs> all kinds of health that's really not health. Yeah. And it's, not, and it's not science either. It's not science. Yeah, they want to teach uh, health in terms of uh, try it out sex ed and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And what a, just that in itself, Monty, what a motivation it should be for us as parents. And for, not even Christian parents, Monty, just moral people. You know, there used to be this thing of common morality at one time, but we're even losing that ground. I, what I see on the cultural horizon is, that moral good ground in the middle, it's going away. People are really going to the far right or to the far left. But just that basic concept of basic morality, we've lost that as a culture. We've lost that as a nation. And it causes me to uh, really shake for the next generation. These are my kids, Monty. These are my grandkids will be raised in this. And if we Christian parents do not respond now, uh, it's going to be too late at some point. But COVID kind of gave us a wake-up call about what was happening in our government schools. I know a lot of Christians, they knew what was going on, but I think it opened a lot of other people's eyes. And I think there's a ray of hope out there. Yeah, and thank you, Mr. Fauci. Uh, <laughs> you know, Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for good to those who love God, are called according to his purpose. And that's true with COVID. And you're right, Monty, that was an eye-opener for a lot of people when they actually saw what their kids were studying on their computers at home and how disengaged their kids were. That's when many people really did realize we can do this good at home. And they can. Parents can do so much better. Again, no disrespect to uh, my former professionals in the teaching profession, but number one, there's 28 kids in a classroom versus three, five, ten at home. It, it just works. And your kids are free to be who they, God made them to be. I see so many young people who prostitute their personhood to fit into some subculture that won't matter three years from now, the rest of their life, Monty. And they sacrifice themselves to be popular, to be in this in-group. And it's such a shame that they are not who God has made them to be. Well, you're well aware of this as a taxpayer, but parents who home educate their kids or send their kids to a Christian school still 
have to pay those school property taxes, which yes. are the biggest part of your property tax Absolutely. bill. Absolutely. Is there any way that they could down the road get some sort of a tax break? You see that on the horizon? Could that happen? It could happen. I know there's a big push, especially in Texas. We're pretty gunny about that still because wherever the government sends our money, they feel like they have the right to regulate it in some capacity. And so we're just very, very hesitant to say vouchers or some rebate. And again, we have a small farm. We pay a lot of taxes. That money would be great to have in our own pockets, but not at the expense of our liberty. Do you have a fear that even Christian home education will start to be more controlled by technology mm -hmm. and not one-on-one -on -one contact, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a great question, Monty. It's a great, really great insight because that's happening already. And that's not all bad. I can't teach calculus. I think calculus is uh, demonic. Uh, so uh, Amen. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're grateful uh, to have that computer, but it can't replace that one-on-one -on -one time. And it's just... What I tell parents, education is not in a book, it's in life, and it's caught, not just taught. You know, my sons, one of them read 120 books one year, and all, from history to Arctic exploration, all sorts of things, and they have that freedom to do that. And so much of the times our kids lose that in the public school setting, and what a shame, what a shame to lose the wonderment of learning. And that's what learning is to be, it's to be a wonderment that so many kids lose in life. I'm lucky to get through three books a year <laughs> if they have pictures. Uh, Kirk, you mentioned that you and your wife started out as uh, government school teachers. What was the final straw for you guys to get you out and into homeschooling? Well, not only were we public school teachers, when I had reached the pinnacle of all wisdom as a senior pastor at 24, I actually preached against homeschooling. Real world, sink or swim, live or die, Monty. And most kids were sinking and most were dying. And over the course of about a two or three year period, uh, God just did a work of grace in our hearts. And I can't say that we saw any family in our area that we said, oh, that's who we want to be like. Uh, it was just what God did. And then we came up here to our first ICHE conference in the 99 or 2000, and it just opened our eyes to home discipleship. It, it changed not just our life, Monty, it changed our legacy. I mean, our whole life is different now. And I was a pastor, serious about my faith, serious about a biblical worldview. But like so many people, I somehow cut out the education of my child and gave that to the world, rather than saying that too is under God's jurisdiction for the family. And that has made all the difference in our life. We, we love home discipleship. We love homeschooling. And that's just not a, a commercial. It's our DNA in our home. Our kids are already committed to it. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about kids have had bad um, homeschool experiences. If you talk to our kids, they are so much more pro-home education than my wife and I are. They just believe this. You've got how many kids? We have 11, 29 down to 11, and we're expecting our first grandchild in a couple of weeks. Wow. With all those kids, you still had time to home educate. It's because we home educated, we had that much time with our kids, Monty. 
a lot of parents want to sit down for five and six hours with their young kids. My wife taught first grade, and she said, really, there was about two hours of instructional time each day. Time you lined up for bathroom breaks and milk breaks and lunchtime and recess, there was about two hours of instruction every day. And so when our kids were younger, we didn't just bombard them with just textbooks. We let them do life. They'd go out and they'd find a banana spider and throw a grasshopper in it and watch the banana spider come and attack that. And we'd get on the internet, look in the encyclopedias about Don't uh, tell banana. the PETA folks about that. <laughs> yeah, that would work real well. And then we spend, you know, if I'm gonna, st I'll step into it deep here. When we go hunting, we have talk about biology, we talk about zoology, talk about botany, don't touch that edge, that's a poison ivy. It's just doing life together. And I have just talked to so many uh, farmers. I had a farmer who was going to home educate, so I don't know if I can do it, Kirk, and I said, where did you learn your liquid measurements at? Was it in the classroom? He said, no, it was mixing chemical. And I said, exactly, you're doing life. And that's what homeschooling's meant to be, it's doing life together. You know, we talked a little bit about uh the dangers of technology and homeschooling and getting overwhelmed by that. But now there's AI, artificial intelligence. What are your concerns there? Oh, many concerns. Related to homeschooling. Yeah, many concerns. Uh, one of my sons, I want to go to the technology field. And so we talk often about this. It is just so easy to give our the training of our kids off to anybody, whether it's a public school system or artificial intelligence. Uh, that includes, you know, teaching our kids basic classes. And again, technology is a great tool, but a terrible master. And so in our house, and it ebbs and flows, Monty. Sometimes we feel like we have a good pulse on it. Sometimes we don't. We're in process as parents as well. And then I would encourage parents I've told parents that homeschooling is not so much about the education of the child as it is the sanctification of the family. Parents are changing this process as well. We understand things that we didn't do as well as we should have in our home. We let technology in just a little bit too early, we think, looking back now. But it's a learning process for all of us. But I think we just have to be careful not to compromise and give our responsibilities over to anybody or anything, including AI. Well, you've said that home education has been great for your kids, but has it been good for your marriage? Yes, it has because it's brought out our selfishness. I'm a selfish dad, Monty. I really am. And I've had to apologize to my wife. I have lined my kids up. One Sunday morning, remember, I confessed a sin to all of them. I was crying. They were crying. It will bring out some of the worst in you as a person, but... If you stick it out and seek God, it'll produce some of the best of the Holy Spirit in you as parents as well. Wow. Kirk Smith, Executive Director of Illinois Christian Home Educators. People need to connect with you. Maybe they're involved in home education, but they feel like they're spinning their wheels or maybe they're new to it. ICHE can help. It can, and right now we're working also IFIs doing the Good Soil, Good Seed program. There are people and ministries out there to help. I do encourage you to start with ICHE because it's more than just homeschooling. It's home discipleship, and that will make all the difference in the world. In the world and right in your own home. Amen, because that's where it all starts. All right. Thank you. Kirk Smith, God bless you. God bless the work of ICHE. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action, and Good Soil, Good Seed. Do go to ICHE and follow up. And until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. 
and to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.